Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Can you believe it's week three of the new show? There've been so many brilliant people in the studio. On Monday, Chris was joined by Dr. Michael Mosley. Saying hello on Tuesday were Rebecca Ferguson and Fred Siriex. On Wednesday, Matt Ford and June Sarpong popped in. Thursday was absolutely brilliant with Sophie Kinsella and Nigel Harmon in the studio. And Friday, it was Liv Tyler, it was Clive Owen, it was Ellen Page, Regina King with live music from the vaccines. So please sit back, relax and enjoy the Chris Evans Breakfast Show podcast. Also, make sure you're tuned in to Virgin Radio this Sunday from 10am when Chris and Vassos will be back on the airwaves with the Ministry of Now. So, I mentioned a live aid there. John Imbadale here, versus sports guest today, sticking around for a chat. Uh, what's your live aid take, John? My live aid talk, like Michael was here to offer medical advice. Yes. This is my bit of man management right. advice okay. for, for Monday and indeed for every day if you ever find yourself in middle or senior management. So, on the Sunday, I queued for seven, eight hours, however long it was, to get a couple of tickets for Live Aid in 1985. And my very first day at the BBC was the next day on the Monday. And I walked in, and the rotor was up for the following weekend. No internet and things in those days, so you had to queue, you know. The rotor was up, and I was down to work on that Saturday, the Saturday of Live Aid, when I just queued for heaven knows how many hours to get tickets. And it was one of those moments, one of those defining moments, you know, like, what do I do? Do I just take it on the chin or do I think, no, Live Aid is Live Aid. For people who, you know, kind of weren't around, it's hard to explain how big Live Aid was beforehand, at the time and subsequently. I mean, it was just monstrous. There has never been anything like it. And I thought, damn, I don't want to miss that. I really don't want to miss it. So I walked upstairs to the manager of the whole of BBC Sport and this is my first day, mind you. This is the first conversation I've ever had with him. I mean, this was a brave thing to do, and this could have been the end, there and there. I walked up to him, and he was like, let's give him a credit, because a brilliant, brilliant man management. A guy called Mike Lewis. And I said, Mike, hello. And he said, hello, John. Nice to have you on the team. I said, lovely to be here. I said, this is not the most auspicious start, I said, but... I queued for hours and hours and hours to get tickets for Live Aid. And I've just looked at my very first ever rotor, and I'm down to work on Saturday afternoon. And Mike Lewis said, literally, instantly, said, come with me. And we walked downstairs, and he got a pen out of his pocket, and he crossed my name off the rotor and said, just have the best day imaginable. What a hero. Wow. What, a, what a brilliant piece of man management. And for the next heaven knows how many years, if he asked me to do anything, I always said yes. But genuinely, when he could so easily have said, sorry, tough. You're the junior, junior pup of all pups, and you are working on Saturday, but he didn't. But well done for asking, and also the, the fact you contextualised what you're about to ask him, first of all, by saying, I que- yesterday I was queuing up for hours and hours. <laughs> so you, you already sort of got him on your side, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely, and he likes, and he's a big music fan anyway. But, but, the, but, the, but, but I, I wonder if a lot of people in different environments would have done that. 
Well, that's all. And I'm you know saying. what happens? What, what, happens they? what happens to good people? They get they get a good rep. How many years on? 1985, wasn't yeah. it? So what? We're talking about 34 years on, he's getting a mention because of his mm, yeah. because of his mention uh, actually on the radio. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky, the best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio. Apparently, Jamie Oliver has been talking to McDonald's about healthy eating for years, and uh, Howard is open to gender fluidity, pansexual. He says, I'd take that. Uh, and then there's the Gemma Collins Monday follow-up stories to her <laughs> appearance on Dancing on Ice the Night Before. Um, last night, because she was injured last week, because she either took a dive or she fell over right at the end of her routine, she couldn't really move. So they had what was the first ever static dance ice dance routine for her last night. So she didn't move, but she did do a routine. So she didn't sketch. She was on skates, but she didn't move. And this was like, so please take into consideration that Gemma can't move this week because of what happened last week, hmm. but she will do a static routine. <laughs> and she, she didn't lose. She didn't get voted off. <laughs> so she's still in with her static routine. So she just stood still and waved her arms a bit. Yeah, more or less. More <laughs> or less. I don't think there's that much going on. I think that's, that's, that's over-egging it, to be honest. I think it was a bit less than that. You know, it's very minimalist, very on message at the moment. Uh, but just before to inspire her, they said, now we have, we have somebody on VT, on video, who wants to wish you good luck. And she's a massive fan of Celine Dion. She's been talking about it for ages. And she says, is it Celine? Is it Celine? Well, we have the message for you. It's Celine, isn't it? And it wasn't Celine. (laughs) It it really wasn't Celine. Here is that moment on the telly last night. I do have a surprise for you. Mm -hmm. This came through this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Is it Celine Dion? Is it Celine? It's Celine Dion, isn't it? it? It's it? It's Celine Dion. It was Piers Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) So Dr. Michael Mosley is here to prescribe uh, his first ever UK tour. Um, A doctor who's changed the way we think about our weight. He's the 5'2 diet pioneer. He came up with the damn thing. And it's it's been proven to be the best diet you can go on and and stay on and and make part of your life. As opposed to most people go, they go on diets, it's like going on holiday. You go on holiday, you come back off holiday. That's not good news. That's why most of them don't work. But his does better than any others uh, he busts health myths and currently he's wowing audiences on his 38 day tour true fast health it is michael mesley good morning again michael good morning hi lovely to see you lovely to see you um so you are in danger of becoming a guru uh, because you have your new book out the fast 800 and you have your newspaper columns you know and you you know whenever you come on a show like this or on the telly or we read one of your books or we just gl- glance just scan one of your articles there's loads of take home stuff that's useful you know how do you feel about becoming a guru i love it i must admit i mean i really really enjoy sharing this stuff for example in the uh, the new book the fast 800 i include something called um, time restricted eating have you heard of that one no, called six, it's called 16-8, basically, or 12-12. The idea is you extend your overnight fast by stopping eating at, say, 8 o'clock in the evening, and you don't start again till maybe 8, 9, 10 o'clock, o'clock next morning. And uh, by doing that, you get lots of uh, benefits. Uh, and uh, do you know who came out with the phrase, breakfast is the most important meal of the day? No, please tell us. Uh, Kellogg. Kellogg's. Well, Kellogg's. They, would, they would, wouldn't they? They would, indeed. <laughs> and that's kind of one of the myths I'm looking at, which is the idea that you have to eat breakfast. It really isn't true. Well, I don't, so, I don't. I don't eat breakfast. And you look very good at it. Never have done. In fact, I worked out the other day, because um, I get up at four now, and I get home at about sort of 12, and I start eating when I get home, and I yeah. stop eating before 6.30. So I eat between... You are doing time-restricted eating. You what? are doing 16.8, whether you knew it or not. But there are a lot of health benefits to it. And as I said, it's the number one uh, trend in intermittent fasting. 
podcasting in the US. Okay, see, you've only been on two and a half minutes. You've given us about three or four take-home mm. facts. You are the take-home <laughs> fact guy. Uh, but, of course, you are you are now the, well, temporarily, the hop-along take-home fact guy. <laughs> what the heck have you done to your leg? I basically tore my Achilles tendon. I was in Australia. I was promoting my book, and uh, which got to number one, but sadly I tripped, I fell, and I heard this snap, and that was Ooh. Achilles tendon gun. Ouch. Ouch indeed. It's like you've been shot in the back of the car, That's exactly it? what it was like. I looked round to see who had shot me in the back or hit me with a sword. And uh, it just gone. It was really weird because I felt my calf and it was just like squeezing a bag of jelly. There was no tone there at all. And uh, so, uh, fortunately, I hopped along to the nearest hospital where there were lots of British staff because all British doctors have left Britain to go to Australia. <laughs> and uh, they were brilliant, I have to say. They looked oh, after me. Dear. But my leg is now in a lovely uh, cast. But I am zooming around uh, the stage because I got this wonderful sort of nylon thing which I'm kind of pimping out uh, which has got skeletons and things on it so uh, it makes the uh, the tour even more entertaining but also a little bit more challenging the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky Virgin Radio so the Pampers ad the Pampers yes. ad by John Legend and his pals during the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl ad breaks are the most expensive ad breaks in the world and so uh, various companies they really sort of pushed the boat out and they thought let's get John Legend on the telly with his wife and their new baby changing uh, diapers um, uh, with with a booty chorus from all his pals. Here we go. Hi, baby boy. Somebody's got a stinky boo. I'm going to need some backup on this one. Guys? Somebody. Somebody. Got a stinky. So stinky. <laughs> and daddy's gonna clean it up. Oh, hey, Chrissy. Must we do this every time? <laughs> That's actually his wife. That's like his wife comes in. The whole choir's in the bedroom. <laughs> Uh, with us still, we have Fred Syria. Uh, Fred Syria, host of Million Pound Menu. Um, so, Fred, you have just <laughs> revealed to us all here that not only do you know Gordon Ramsay, if you met him, you work with him, and you're on the, this last show, the last show, the cooking show, the, the tra- travelling, the cooking travelogue that everybody's been talking about. I've still not seen it. You're the third guy with yeah. uh, Campo de Gino and, and Gordon. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, when you said, have you worked with him? I thought, you know, we worked with him in a restaurant. So I did not work with him in a restaurant. But yeah, we did a TV show. We went travelling together. Uh, it was three weeks of uh, mayhem. So here's, <laughs> Pete mayhem. here's me thinking you've met him a couple of times, you know, at some kind of opening. But you've been with him for three weeks, 24 hours a day? Yeah, I slept with him in a camper van. Right, how was that? Oh, well, <laughs> epic. <laughs> okay, because Campo, Campo de Gino, Gino de Campo, of course. I've known him for years. Okay, now he, he, he's quite potty-mouthed in it all, isn't he? He's very funny. He wants to do what he wants to do, yeah. and he's right, and Gordon is right too, but Gordon <laughs> is the alpha male lion, so I'm just stuck in the middle. I mean, I could show you the text that we exchange with each other. I no, mean, this is just a... Yeah, it's an inc- incredible relationship. Okay, now will you be doing more of those? Because people raved about those that saw it. Uh, we're looking at dates at the moment, so if we can make it work this year, uh, we're probably going to do it Whose again. Whose idea yeah. was... The, who put that show together? It's a fantastic idea. Well, it's a combination of people... Um, it's like Top Gear for food, isn't it? The three of you just going around, that's what it is. That's what people say, yeah. Is that what they it, say? It's been dubbed the Top Gear of toma- with tomatoes. Well, well done for not messing it up. 
<laughs> and so, so from Gino and um, and uh, Gordon, if you had to marry one, right? You had to marry one. Okay, same sex marriage. You and one of those guys. Who would you marry and why? Or oh who wouldn't you God. marry and why not? <laughs> <laughs> what a question! Come on. I'm not sure I get married with no. You have, any of them. You have to. You have to. Your life depends on it. You have to marry Gino I'll or Gordon. Marry Gordon or Gino. Yes. You oh, got, marry Gordon for the money. You question. could marry Gordon and divorce him, take half his cash. Got loads. Yeah. Pots of the stuff. Maybe I marry Gordon for the money and Gino for the fun. <laughs> yeah, or maybe ma- marry Gordon. Yes, do that. Marry, marry Gordon first, divorce him, and then shack up with Gino just for happy days. <laughs> yeah, and then I can divorce Gino too and go on my own. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. You do now have another introduction. Don't mess this one up, Matt. This is for June. <laughs> Flying the flag. I like flags, by the way. One or two. For the underdog is a TV presenter whose new book, Diversify, is helping us move away from the six degrees of separation and get us moving towards the six degrees of integration. June, I got to tell you, I don't think I'm going to like this book. <laughs> it sounds like everything I hate. Well, it's loud. You're actually in it quite a lot. You're in it. I I, well, I don't, don't read, so it's not a problem for me. I don't read. It's not a problem for me. I only read good books, the ones that... I've written more books than I've read. <laughs> that is true, by the way. Good. Okay. Ghost written. Right. Diversify, a handbook for these troubled times. Uh, how to challenge inequality and why we should, says June Sarpong. Now, June, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Okay. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're already giggling away. Matt's very funny, isn't he? He's, very, very he's, funny. he's a cool guy. Matt is a very cool guy. <laughs> very uh, cool. We have Vassos to your right, also Rachel to your left here. Yeah. And one of the great ways to tell a story is to, to bring yourself into it. And yeah. that's, uh, this is a very clever way because you hook you hook people in straight away yeah. talking about your grandma and then you start talking about your journey. Yeah. And what did you want to be when you were a little girl? I wanted to be a TV presenter. You did? Okay. I did, yeah. Which is not the deepest <laughs> ambition in the world. But look where it... No, but it's true. And by the way, you know, uh, kettle, pot, kettle, kettle, pot. But, um, but, but it's got you where you are now. So, yeah. And you, you went... You started... You, well, you didn't start, but you ended up on a radio station. So t- tell everybody about Kiss. Because Kiss was a very diverse radio yes. station. And it's time. It yes. was so maverick. Tell everybody about the beginning days of yeah. Kiss Radio. I mean, anybody who's sort of Generation X will semi-remember. If you're younger than that, you won't say. Badly. But the wonderful thing about KISS was it was a pirate station. And so it meant that it just had all the best talent from London, all different backgrounds, all working together, just passionate about music. Then it became legal, which was when I joined. So I joined when it had been legal for about three or four months. And because the station had no money, the whole point was you just got people who were good, not just people that you knew. And so it had people from all walks of life. So it was probably the most diverse place I've ever worked. Um, and as a result, it just appealed to so many people. It was a wonderful time to be there. And music was better then as well. And it was it. diverse. It was diverse. So diverse, okay. yeah. Because it sort of had to be, didn't it? it had to if be. you have to be, it yeah. makes it easier to be because exactly. what's the alternative? What's the alternative? And then, and you, then they did so well as a result. All uh, right, fast forward to America. So you go to America, what year? Yes, I went to America in 2012. Right. So I was there for uh, six years um, and uh, yeah, came back uh, just over a year and a half ago, two years ago. But you went, you went, you, you went to America um, and you, you know again it's a, it's a funny old thing isn't it because you get to London um, mm. you know if you're in this, this business and yep. you think okay well you start regionally and then you get to London you think London's it and then after a while I think oh no London isn't it there's the world America. as well yeah. and then you go to pr- probably New York or Los Angeles yeah. uh, now it may yeah. change in the future yeah. you, you landed in Los Angeles and New York I did I okay. did LA first and then New York and, and you were so, and then you bef- you like Richard Bacon <laughs> you, be, you befriend all these really really influential people how did you do that because he, he like he, he went to 
America, didn't he, Richard? And the, the, the next day, he was best friends with President Obama. Right. And it wasn't dissimilar with you. How do you do... Who do you know really well and how did you do that? <laughs> do you know the funny thing with America, Chris? And it's... A, a Matt, I'm sure you've experienced this. It's the weirdest thing. You get there. Unlike Britain, where if you arrive in London and you're from somewhere else, it takes ages to get to know anybody. And But the difference is when you make a friend, it's a real friend. In New York, you arrive, you meet one person within a month you know the whole city and if you're new everybody wants to know you so it's like i remember i'm not name dropping or anything but i remember arriving in la and i met one person he was like oh here's this movie producer oh you must come to my house for dinner tomorrow i get to his house and it's like will smith larry king jane fonda wow like, what? So, you're, so you're pretty much done there yeah. done Done. That's, that's you not yeah. name dropping. That's me not name dropping. <laughs> well, she's only warming up. Wait till you get her started. By the way, uh, June Sarpong is with us. Matt's with us. Uh, they both have a big connection as well, uh, going back a few a few years, uh, because you've both been very much involved in your Labour Party, Our which Labour is not necessarily Party. the Labour Party <laughs> no. now. We could talk about it if we have time. By the way, it's all funny. It's not heavy stuff. It's all funny. And the best way to, you know, always, always to sell a point is to tell a story. And if you tell it with a joke and a smile, it has even more levity, I think, uh, or more leverage than more levity it has. So we'll talk to June about her best friend, Michelle Obama. Next. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're going next, June. June and Michelle, you've heard of Thelma and Louise, they have nothing, nothing on these two. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. And Matt, as you, uh, Matt has a comedy brain and um, that's handy because he's a comedian. And uh, his, 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 his current tour, Brexit Through the Gift Shop, is very funny. Very, very funny. So Brexit Through the Gift Shop, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Yes. That was a Banksy movie. That's right. We love that. Okay, do you know Banksy? Does he mind you calling your show, your tour Banksy? I haven't asked. You wouldn't mind. Rather like Banksy, I don't ask permission first. Yeah, okay. I needed a title for the tour and it was the day before the posters were printed. When did you start doing your tour? Where was Brexit up to? What has changed whilst whilst you've been doing your tour to do with Brexit? And did you have to therefore keep changing everything you did every night? So it started at the Edinburgh Festival in August last year. And it has changed loads since then. Because every, I mean, every, it's literally to. every day. Okay. But people have been fired. People have resu- like the, Half the government has changed since I started doing it. Did you have any idea what kind of uh, hot potato you were getting into? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I've right. got Brexit. So it's, it's Brexit, but it's also Corbyn, Trump, the SNP. Like, everyone gets it. Right. So depending on what part of the show it is, different audience members get more or less offended as the show goes on. Which is always interesting. It yeah. makes for good energy in the room. We have to start with the Tories. Right. That's what people expect. You've okay. got to do a bit of Tory bashing. And you pointed there when you said that. You've got to I start did, with the yeah, Tories. I did, yeah. It was like, it was oh, like, it was like a... you had a gun in your hand. <laughs> I have no idea what your political persuasions are. None not Tory. Not Tory. Okay, so, so um, is, it diff- is it more difficult to outrun Brexit from a comedy aspect because Brexit is, is so funny in itself yeah. and you, could, you literally couldn't make it up and you're having to make things up that are funnier than it? Oh, no, I think it's brilliant. Right. Because people are really interested in it. I mean, also, I think people are absolutely sick of it as well at the same time. Mm. But in terms of politics and what people are taking notice of, compared to the coalition years, you know, doing jokes about Nick Clegg and David Cameron, people weren't that massively that animated not, They were not about. good for comedy, were they? Not really, no. But um, Brexit, obviously, has just got the public so animated. So there's people are watching the news more and taking it in more. Right. I mean, it's also simultaneously quite depressing. Yeah, well, you're doing comedy about stuff that's quite divisive. Anything, anything is what you think it is, and you can change your mind about that, can't you? Any yeah, time. And I try and soft. So I'll do a few impressions in there, you know, like <laughs> Boris and <laughs> you. Let me just see. By the way, it is a 
an honour to be here. You know, this great, he reminds me very much. What he always does is drop in a bit of Latin to kind of make you think he's cleverer yeah, than he is. Greek, ancient Greek. Yeah, a great honour to be here on the Chris Evans breakfast show. Reminds me very much of a phrase my father used to use in Divitas, Divitum Rectum. You know, great to be here amongst you, know, the crucible of culture. Yeah. I have no idea what you just said. Masters, you probably do, don't you? No, but I love the dropping in Latin to make yourself That's what sound clever. Yeah, That's what yeah. Him and Jacob Rees-Mogg do it. It's all preconceived, isn't it? Do you know, like yesterday, I was thinking of Rees-Mogg and I... I, I Forgot his Christian name, and I was driving home in the car, ninety minutes to get home, and I couldn't come up with Jacob the whole way. Home. I just forgot it. What was that about? Why would you do that? Why I suppose we always just call him Rees Mogg now, don't we? So that's that's kind of the brand. Okay, so so, so Brexit itself. Okay, um, it's a funny old thing, isn't it? Brexit because it's like one of those uh, supermarket survey, supermarket or street <laughs> surveys where you are stopped in your tracks and you're asked your opinion on something you haven't really thought about, that's right. and then you feel compelled to give it, and then you walk off after you think. Do you know, I'm not sure I think what I've just said I might think. Yeah. And isn't that what, it wasn't that what happened with Brexit? <laughs> but it would be like doing that supermarket survey and never having previously thought about it and then becoming absolutely obsessed with it. Mm. We're going, actually, I hate people who shop at Asda now. Yeah. These Asda shoppers are evil people. Yeah, but by the way, you're not. No, by the way, you're not. not no, 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 no. I just pick one at random. No, it would be like Asda and Tesco shoppers yeah. then falling out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you test never maniacs. speaking to anybody. Right. Yeah, Even yeah, the people yeah, yeah. within their family shop to the alternative supermarket. No, <laughs> that's what it that's would be it. like. We are over, but um, we have a child. <laughs> we all, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, forget it. Okay, um, it's strange old thing, isn't it? Strange old thing. So, so um, I like it when you, in your show where you get everybody to pretend to be in Parliament. Oh God, yeah, uh, yeah. may not have seen this. Should we do it now? Can we have some more people in? Frothy Coverman, come in. Mira, come in. Dave, come in. This is oh, funny. I haven't done that for years. You, you, it's funny though. Play, play this. You can play this at home, or if you're in your car, or if you're at work now. Especially if you've got headphones and nobody knows what you're listening to, because that'd be really funny. <laughs> well, my, people okay. are going to think so, you've gone mad. Tell us what to do. Tell us what well, to do. in the House of Commons, they make a particular noise when yes. they agree with something, which is yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, when you when you try it yourself it, with an audience, it feels really nice. So if you say something. If I say something now that you could never disagree with, yep. and you all say that afterwards, right. it makes you feel so slightly more. What's the noise you're going to make again? Yeah, yeah. So let's have a practice. Let's practice. It sounds statesmanlike already, doesn't it? Mr. Speaker, isn't it uh, the case that the only way out of this economic mess is to give everyone listening to the Chris Evans Breakfast Show today a million pounds in cash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't that feel nice? Now we know. So Good simple, fun, though, isn't it? So simple. And dropping a bit of Greek, uh, an ancient uh, Latin. Latin. Ne sum, ne quum ultra. Yeah, oh, yeah, listen yeah. to oh. you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The best entertainment all in one place. On Virgin Radio. Right, how can Rachel help you with your social media issues, Nigel Harmon? Uh, well, I've just joined, recently joined Instagram, and um, one, I'm having trouble tagging... Sorry, this is like a... Really <laughs> Dear Rachel. <laughs> I'm, I'm having trouble tagging. Okay. Is that right? Um, and I'm also, um, how do I kind of sort of keep away from people commenting, you know, the, the, the sort of weird stuff the trolls, that goes on the on trolls. that page. 
There's another page where they want to ask you private questions and it all gets a just bit Just don't sinister. go to it. Don't go to it. Yeah, just so post your stories. I think you can block it off. Or I just right. choose not to click so you're, on you're it. You're on Instagram. I mean, I'm on sure, Instagram. Huh? I'm no expert. I kind of lurk on Instagram and I have very... a little look around and a little play with it. I do like yeah. people's Instagram stories. If you want to get people following you, you've got to do the stories rather no, than No, that's the live things, is it? Well, it's, well, it's I mean... not. No, no. That, there, <laughs> you can do like a live sort of broadcasty thing or you yeah. just like little video clips where you just chat about what you're up to. Right. And then how you make it a story instead of a, like the picture thing? It's, it's, I think it's how you select how to do it. Vassos has glazed over. I'm pretty much with you, Vassos here. All I know is that the teenagers now, they have Instagram accounts and that which are their dummy Instagram accounts and then they have actual Instagram accounts that they use and the dummy ones are just so that their parents think, but actually we're on to you. Right, so do I need a dummy account as well to be really Yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah. Well, it depends if your parents are watching on. (laughs) (laughs) How old are you now? (laughs) 45. Are you really? Well, you don't look it, my friend. Thank you. Right, Sophie Kinsella is with us, and Sophie has written a 24th book. That's 24, everyone. It's called IOU1. However, Vassa asked you a cracking question during the news, didn't he? I said, how long does it take you to craft one of your books? You did, beautifully. Thank you so much for using that word craft. I appreciate that. Um, not what he said. What he said was, so how long does it take you to churn one out then? Excuse me? Churn one out? Um, Yeah, and then, well, my answer is it's much like a baby kind of nine months um, and sort of similar in whole profile of experience really from kind of initial excitement and optimism through to utter despair why have I got myself into doing this stupid project (laughs) I want to leave um, and through to delivery and complete blur like forget all the hard work isn't this wonderful so it's a kind of your your response far out dignified the question right the pregnancy analogy um, uh, was in fact Sophie's Vassos was a cement mixer (laughs) Uh, right. so for people who want to write books Mm. right and you've written 24 right how would you start do you all start similarly Um, I I love a good plot I love a good premise so Mm. in this premise you've got two strangers Uh in a coffee shop one does a favour for the other stranger and he's so grateful she saves his laptop and he's so grateful (laughs) which is like saving your life (laughs) yeah right Um, and he says oh what can I do can I buy you a cup of coffee can I buy you a muffin she said no 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 he writes her an IOU one on a coffee sleeve and she leaves and she thinks well I'm never going to claim an IOU from a stranger but then she does in fact on behalf of this other love interest so it's a kind of passing on the debt right now the the love interest (coughs) which seems to be more suitable for her or at least somebody who sort of fits into the kind of profile she thinks she wants is he obviously dull is he obviously going to lose out he's not dull because he can't be he can't be can he because otherwise it wouldn't make a good book no no so he's not dull but she's kind of enthralled to him Um, as I think a lot of people are, you know, known him since she was small and Mm. those people come back into your life and you sort of slightly lose all perspective. Um, And so that's the kind of, that's the setup. But then, you know, to answer the question about what makes a book, for me, the heroine and the voice is like, absolutely vital and I always start with who's my character why are we interested in them how do we relate and she is someone who tries to fix everyone else's problems and if she sees like a tiny mess in the corner it bugs her and she's got to go and clean it up and this gets her into trouble now because she has this sort of one IOU this life IOU mm. on hold mm. does she, she thinks she's never going to use it then obviously as life goes on um, as, the, as the recent future happens she's thinking oh I've got that IOU mm. so is she tempted to use it on several occasions does it come into her mind or is there one specific reason no do you know she she's it? written it off and it's only when she does it on behalf of someone else that she gets the courage to go to a complete strange guy's office and say remember me the person in the coffee shop and and you said anything at all. Anything. 
will you give this guy a job? So right. it's not just like a small thing, it's a massive thing. So that's what the, that's what the, the favour is? That's what the favour is. And then they start exchanging favours. Uh. So it goes through the oh, book. Good, and some of them it? are small and some of them are life-saving. And that's how they become melded together. And there might possibly be a bit of romance, but, you know, that would be a spoiler. So okay. Now, are you, are you, once a storyteller, always a storyteller, would you say? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You walk around and... Ooh. I kind of just tell, like even this morning, you know, little drama getting here. I, I'm turning it into a story. Um, I can't help it. I think you just get that kind of radar for what would make a story, what's funny, uh, what makes me laugh, and I, I kind of can't stop myself. Can I officially take back the word churning? There, <laughs> there, is, there is no churning here. There might be some mild churning. That's fine. But he did start the show with... So there, So in the brand new series of Das Boot, the German uh, U-boat men, they're, they're, they're on the top of their U-boat and it's really nice. For a second... For World War Two, World War Two wasn't really nice. It wasn't nice, but this is how you start you your the moments. Day. But I knew there was going to be a churn moment on the way because if you start like that, you're going to get to churn <laughs> in front of a best-selling world, worldwide best-selling novelist. Saying, so how do you churn these out? Then, love? <laughs> Doing all right on you, eh? The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky, the best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio. It's only the lovely Liv Tyler. Yeah, good morning, Liv. Good morning. Wow, what an introduction. Thank yeah, you. and what a guy, what a voice. Can you come with me everywhere? You know, don't yes, say I that. can. No, you can't. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> She's Swedish. She wouldn't understand anyway. It's all true. Uh, how are you, Liv? Good morning. How are you? Very Thank well. You. Very well. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. You had a big old chat to Vassos there, our sports guy. What yes. the heck were you two talking about? Uh, we, were talk- we were talking schools. about schools and flight Houses. paths. Oh, yeah, flight generally. paths. Yeah. How come? How come? Um, <laughs> Um, Are so, you next door neighbours? <laughs> we're sort of. Liv's, Liv's kids go to school very close to where I live. What? And, and, and you were thinking of moving, moving to there. where I live. And, and, um, and you said that there's a... Yeah, it looked at a house. That I love that he grew up in. And, yeah. What? Totally yes. bizarre you, coincidence. Hang, what is know, this about, That's even? what I said, yeah. So not like, not like you grew up in, the actual house you did grow up in. Yes. Well, then you have to buy it. I've been to see it about <laughs> six times. I love it. But now, here's the thing. out of town a little bit. Tell so. me about somebody who goes to look at a house six times or so. Because I've had this experience recently. People come in to see us five or six times. What What is it you're not sure about, you five or six timers? Oh, uh, well, I, actually, I think you have to live in a house for a while to really know you for sure. You can't do but that, it, can you? you well, can't they make be... it look all nice and amazing, but you have to live there to understand. So you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. There's always this little secret about a house, I feel like, something you don't know about. But, but see, I'm the opposite. I think you can choose a house quicker than you can choose a pair of jeans from the <laughs> shop. And it, it has been scientifically proven that most people go ahead and do that right. because they either know or they don't know. Yeah. But you take your time. So here's my question to you. As, as, a, as an impulse buyer of houses even, you know, in the past, <laughs> as, as lots of people are, um, when you take your time, don't you worry about somebody else just nipping in there before you? Or are you quite okay? If, if, is that I meant to be? I kind of think it's or? meant to be, no, yeah. See. It all, I've, I mean, I've had a couple of houses in my lifetime and it's always sort of been meant to be and worked out. So where and I'm you... in a house I love now, but we have four kids and it's a big production. We don't have any children. I've only just met you. <laughs> yeah. no. Okay, five, four. How many babies do you have? Five wow. and a grandson. Oh my goodness. Yeah, just twins. Just had twins. And you, they're very young? Twins are for nearly five months. Wow. Five months next Wednesday. Wow. Ping and pong. So you're in it, ping and pong. They're called ping and pong. <laughs> no, they're not really. Their working titles were ping and pong, but they're actually called Boo and Walt. That's brilliant. Okay. So when, when are you going to decide about this house? What's, oh. what, 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 do you, what are you worried about? 
worried about without giving well, too I'm much. Just, you... It was more about school and location. We moved from New York. Right, two so the house years is ago. fine. Yeah, the house is great. I'm just. We have two small ones, a two-year-old and a almost four-year-old. Thank you. And then my fiance David has a son Gray, and then I have a son Milo. There's a lot of. You know, same oh, with it's me. all about school so and location, and yeah, modern all that family. Stuff. Yeah. All right. So the house is fine. So the house is, hasn't done anything wrong. It's just no house is great. So so the house is a tick. House is good. I'm I'm looking for a wide space because we we live in a very tall, thin house. Right. And there's a lot of stairs. Okay. And um, the babies are heavy. And yes. Just just yeah. And they're only going to get heavier. This is boring. But <laughs> no, it's not. It's really, covered, it's isn't it really, funny? No, it's really you interesting. Have, you're always thinking about how you could live more efficiently and better. But then you're I'm you're so happy where you are. You should just be grateful to you be should. where you are. Strolling along the veranda now is British actor who's gone from playing a con man in ITV's Chancer to grabbing Hollywood by the scruff of the neck. Now, for the first time in 18 years, he's returning to London's West End for the Night of the Iguana. It's the chiselled, it's the charming Clive Owen. Morning, Clive. Clive, Liv Tyler. Clive Owen, Liv Tyler, Tyler, Clive Owen, the gang here. Isn't she nice? She's lovely. Lovely Lovely lady. Very good. Nice vibe. Great aura about her. Okay. Not unlike yourself, Clive. How are you? Very good. How are you? Uh, Very well. Very well. Thank you. Uh, Now, Dave, don't go anywhere. Get back to the microphone. What was your biggest concern about today's show, Dave? My ow. My biggest concern? (laughs) Yeah. You've forgotten. I've forgotten. Okay. Have I? Your biggest concern before the show was, is it Iguana or is it Iguana? Oh, yeah, it was really <laughs> for your intro. Iguana or Iguana? I would say Iguana. Well, if but... you say Iguana, then we all say Iguana. <laughs> yeah. That's what Google said if as well. you say Iguana. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we thought of that. You say Iguana, I say Iguana. What do you say, Liv? Iguana. Iguana, Vassos? I would say Iguana, but I really like Iguana. <laughs> Gives you a chance to think, doesn't it? Yeah. About the third syllable. Yeah. And of course, there should only be two. I might you... change. What did, what did you say, Rachel? Iguana. Oh, come on. You're just all agreeing with Clive now. <laughs> Obviously. I would have said Iguana. I would have said Iguana. Just to be iguana. contrary. No, I would have said Iguana. Well, before you were in the night of the mysterious Iguana, Iguana, what iguana. would you have said? Iguana. You would have said I'd have said Iguana. Yeah? Honestly? Yep. Honestly. Uh, the night of the Iguana... Uh, begins on Saturday the 6th of July until uh, Saturday the 28th of September. That's a run and a half, isn't it? 12 weeks, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so what's it about? Tell us what it's, it's about. Uh, well, it's a brilliant Tennessee Williams play about four characters who get together in uh, a tropical, rainstormed Mexican hotel. And it's about how they connect and sort of uh, just the most wonderful, wonderful piece of writing. Are you doing a super in- um, American accent? I'm going to try. Sonic? I'm going to yeah. try. Oh, point, I'm doing time. an English I'm accent try. right now. It's really annoying for us Brits um, when, you, when um, you know, you, you, you Yanks come over here and you nail the accent and we can't tell that you're, we know you're American because we've seen you in them don't, and we've met you. Southern accent's the best though. It's really a nice one. You're just nodding. Sure. <laughs> Nervously. <laughs> what are you going to go for? How you, how, how, what kind of twang are you um, going to go I'm, for? I'm just beginning. I'm just beginning. Oh, that. Yeah. Okay, just I'm just beginning it. that. Are you really beginning? Yeah. Have you begun? I have begun. Okay. I have begun. <laughs> Where do you it's start? a scary thing. Fear what? is a great motivator, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Where do you start the search for that on the radar, the accent? The... Um, I actually work with a really awesome um, American dialect coach, and uh, he's so in demand that very often I'll Skype with him. So for this play, we've already started that process and going through, and, and he, he's a guy called Tim Monarch, who is literally one of the very, the very tricks. best out there. Does he teach you tricks? Um, there, he has a process of working, yeah, and, and he has his own phonetic language, so he writes out the script, how it sounds. Amazing. Yeah, so everything is written, and if you just speak it as you see it, 
you end up Which, sort of doing that should be anyway because the kids were recent so confused about how to spell things i get in <laughs> terrible trouble for this but i just think things should be spelled how they how sound. they sound that's exactly how he does it that's his sort of process well, i'm with him know. i'm with that guy <laughs> seriously i mean shakespeare you know and um Chaucer, they used, if they didn't know how to spell it, they made it up, and then now we spell it like they did, but they made it up in the first place. <laughs> Shakespeare used to play, spell his own surname 12 different ways, wow. depending on how he felt, for heaven's sake. <laughs> and he's the bard. Wow. He's the man. I mean, I know you know that. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The best entertainment all in one place. On Virgin Radio. Uh, Nigel from Banbury says, uh, Lib's voice is the most soothing thing I've ever heard in my life. I am so relaxed just listening to her. <gasps> Thank you. Have you ever done any mindful <laughs> tapes or anything like that? You know, not, no, not but listening. that would be self. You should do that. If you were the sat-nav, you wouldn't bother going anywhere, would you? you just pull over. <laughs> Plug in the next direction. Where might we go to? Well, you might want to go down the A303 past before they bury it. All right, Lewis Taxi. Uh, Lib, is very relaxing to listen to loads of these loads of these should lives. I start a live a little a live a little relaxing yeah. uh, soothing meditation yes, definitely tapes. million percent <laughs> uh, so um, we have Clive Owen with us and I love it when the guests know the guests now Clive have you met Liv before no I don't think so I don't know if, yeah well you I seem to be getting on extraordinarily well so that's good isn't it right but our next guest uh, she, she and Liv hug straight away I thought oh they know each other which makes my job so much easier so Dapper Dave can you tell us who the next guest is please <laughs> she made a huge splash in Hollywood in 2007 earning herself an Oscar nomination for playing the title role in Juno out of applause for the Oscar nomination more everybody. than a decade on and with an impressive career in hand she's here to talk about her latest series on Netflix The Umbrella Academy it's the exceptional Ellen Page. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. Thank Welcome you for that. to the Fun Palace <laughs> with for your good me. friend Liv Tyler and the rest of us. <laughs> yes. Uh, how do you know Liv? We did this fun, we wacky, together. crazy movie together called Super. Yeah. You were so brilliant and funny and amazing. You in too. That. that was so fun. I mean, we, it was like tiny, super low budget, just totally just rock and roll. And well, where fun. can we see it? Yeah. How can we watch it? What's it about? How long is it? Uh, normal long, normal, <laughs> normal length. Normal, the movie, cinema, to average cinema. Yeah. cinema. Well, uh, Rain Wilson's the lead, and he's he's superb in it. And uh, he, it's a long story, but he basically needs to help uh, Liv's character, and he creates a superhero for himself. Love but it. this is like. You know, his weapon's like a wrench. You know, it's not. Uh, it's a, so it's a different kind of thing, and I just play a complete, like absolute psychopath. Not job. So it was. Uh, it was fun. It's it was called super. Fun. It's, called super. it's called super. Is it one for the kids? No. Okay. All right. Okay. So, but we could watch it. We as grown-ups, sort of grown-ups, could watch it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So your new show on Netflix, The Umbrella Academy. Uh huh. Okay. Now I watched it. Okay. Um, Ozzy Jane watched it. Okay, so Ozzy Jane comes to me this morning. She said, did you watch The Umbrella Academy? I said, yes, I did. She said, what do you think? I said, I loved it. She said, what's it about? I said, I don't know. She said, I loved it too. I don't know what it's about either. <laughs> is, this, is this what you're hearing? Cause well, did you just see the sort of beginning? or have You haven't... No, no, I mean, we watched it. You no, watched the whole loved, series? We, no, not the whole oh, series. Jeez, oh, oh. I had to watch everybody else's films. Right. Well, no, no, well. no, I wasn't... I, I hope that no, didn't come no, across in some sort of conceited no, way by any means. There's nothing on telly like it, is there? I think people will be so surprised by it. I um, love it because it's like it's almost like it's just been thrown on screen. Not thrown together, but just thrown on screen. You know, <laughs> balls and all. So, so unbelievably confident. Or not at all. I'm not quite sure which it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely... Definitely in terms of how it is visually, stylistically, tonally, yeah. musically, it is just like 
you know, they does went it, for it. And does it make you want to watch it, Clive? Yeah, it, it does. does. Doesn't it? You Sounds know. very original. Okay, what do you think, Liv? <laughs> yes, I I would love to watch it. It's, uh, it's it's it is the most original thing I think probably I've ever seen. <laughs> It's time for an actor you'll know from Jerry Maguire, Enemy of the State and The Big Bang Theory. This year, she's only gone and got herself an Oscar nomination for her performance in If Beale Street Could Talk. It's the wonderful Regina King. Come on, let's have a round of applause for Oscar nominee, Regina. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, it's very nice to have you here looking pretty in pink from top to toe. Yes. I mean, have you even thought about what you might say if you win the Academy Award? Yes. You know, well, you 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 try to have something in your mind, but you kind of feel like you jinx the the whole thing. If yeah. you, when I see people like pull out a piece of paper, I'm like, wow, that was that was a that was a weird flex, but you know, well, it worked out. If you get nervous and you blank, <laughs> okay, it yeah. is totally believable that you've been nominated. I saw the film yesterday, but it's unbelievable for you. I suppose it is in a way, isn't it? Unbelievable for me that now, I've been. Now, can num- you can you believe it? Can you? Do you have to keep saying I, this is real? This is really happening. Yes, I absolutely can believe it. Yes. Oh, so you can. <laughs> yes. Well, good for yes. you, Regina. Good for I've, you. I've been working for thirty-five years. <laughs> if I if I can't believe it, then so you think it's overdue? You think it's late? No, I, but I do. I. I Again, I've been in this business for thirty-five years. I mean, that's part of the business, of the and deal. I've been. Most the majority of the things that I've done, they have been dramatic roles. So, mm. so good for yeah. you. Jerry Maguire, of course, was nominated for an Oscar. Jerry Maguire did, sure was. Did, it could be a good one. Did he win it? Yes. He did win it, didn't he? Well, uh, you're going to have a great weekend here. Yes, I hear it's going to be quite <laughs> lively. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The best entertainment all in one place. On Virgin Radio. 